Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 64, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I have a different type of guest. Um, He is part of the film industry, which I haven't interviewed anybody part of that, so I'm excited to share this with you. Um, His name is Brian Owens, and he is the artistic director at Calgary Film. He just moved here in October, so just after our film festival last year from Nashville, where he worked for 10 years on their music festival. Um, And before that, he actually founded the Indianapolis Film Festival. So he is a music festival founder, which is super cool and is a super interesting story for how and why he got going with that. And then we talk about how he worked in Nashville and then was asked to come to Calgary to help grow our film festival. So it's exciting to hear um, his career journey and the choices that he made that led to here and kind of the things that he's learned along the way as the film industry has evolved. Um, He talks about especially the type or the format of video. Um, So instead of having to lug around reels, obviously it is now all digital. So he talks about the differences with that and the differences just moving to Calgary and experiencing our city and our culture and looking forward to the film festival this fall, which will be his debut festival as the artistic director here. So he talks about that. He talks about um, if you're interested in submitting a video, uh, what they look for and really the whole process for that. Very cool. It's a very interesting interview. I think you will enjoy it. So let's get into it. Here is Brian. Let us start by introducing yourself and then give us three fun facts. Uh, Hi, my name is Brian Owens. I am artistic director at Calgary International Film Festival. And uh, three fun facts about me. I was actually uh, born on a 65-acre hog farm in New Winchester, Indiana. Um, I love soccer. In fact, actually, I was up at 5 a.m. on a trip to Sydney recently to watch the Champions League final. Um, And I am a nut for dogs. I love this. Those are very random facts. (laughs) We get a good idea of who you are. Um, and before we get into what you do now, let's go back a little bit. And do you want to tell us what you took in school and what you thought you were going to be when you grew up? Um, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. But then the thought of like realizing that like not all of your patients would survive canceled that uh, <laughs> thought. Then uh, in college, I was going to be an English teacher uh, originally. And then I was actually two years down that path when I took an elective uh, film studies course. Uh, and it changed everything. So much to my parents' chagrin, I switched to a film studies major. Um, and then um, after <laughs> that was done, I didn't know what I was going to do necessarily. Um, I thought at that point I might be a screenwriter. I actually did write a couple of screenplays. They didn't go anywhere. I don't think they were terrible, but just they weren't good enough. And I realized that I enjoyed watching movies more than I liked wanting to make them. And um, so... Uh, I actually ended up starting a website um, where I was doing online reviews and uh, we had uh, our our annual poll every year where people could do their own version of the Oscars. Um, Eventually that led to, in 1999, uh, In Touch Magazine actually mentioned the site um, as a little sidebar to their Oscar story, uh, which helped us get some even more publicity. And uh, then uh, in 
2002, I went to cover the Toronto International Film Festival for my site and um, thought, hey, Indianapolis needs something like this. And so I switched from that to uh, starting and running a film festival. So it's kind of a long, strange journey with a few bartending jobs and one uh, social work job um, that somehow managed to squeeze into that journey. <laughs> As one does when you're trying to have an <laughs> internet company. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that is a pretty big leap from like just writing about films to actually running a film festival, <laughs> I would say. So yeah. can you just walk us through how you even went about doing that? Um, basically, ask the right questions of the right people, uh, studied and watched closely um, like procedures so that uh, we could mimic it. I'm a visual learner, which probably wouldn't surprise anybody who likes film. Um, and uh, so just made it work. Um, I did have the good fortune to have a friend of a friend in Indianapolis who had a family foundation. Um, and when I was able to present my idea to him, he signed on. So his name's Jeremy Ephraimson, big thanks to him. And uh, yeah, he um, basically wrote the check to start the organization that would lead to my first film festival. Um, if I'm being honest, we kind of were flying blind in that first year, but all the movies got on screen. Um, they were largely well enjoyed. Uh, and um, that, so you know, that uh, Indie Film Fest still runs to this day, 15 years on. That's awesome. That's super cool that I'm sure you look back and you can be proud then that it's still going and, and now you've helped other film festivals grow as well. So when you yeah. first started, so that one, um, can you kind of share the experience like leading up to it? Like how did you find people to be in it? Uh, was it organized or chaotic? How did you find people to help you? Do you want to just talk us through that? Because I'm sure most people listening have never put together a film festival. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure most, most people have not. Um, <laughs> no, I actually had, um, knowing that, you know, we'd founded the, the, um, the not-for-profit or started out with a not-for-profit sponsor, um, which is how you typically do that in the States while your application process goes through, formed a board of directors with people that I knew um, and trusted. I knew had a passion for film, but also uh, there's people with business skills. Uh, we had a lawyer on the first board. Uh, and... They were also all willing to volunteer because it was that first year, no one was getting paid anything to uh, make it happen. But, um, you know, we made some good media relationships. So early on, I was able to get uh, Nouveau Magazine, which was the independent Newsweekly, to sign on as a media sponsor and a local independent radio station as well um, agreed. So once they knew that we had media sponsors, it was easier to start drawing in some cash sponsors. We pulled off enough, like I said, to make the first festival happen. Uh, and then I had a good friend from college who had just moved back to Indianapolis and she was uh, interested in film. So she helped join me in screening the film and the best. Um, and then my favorite part about that first year in 2004, uh, the, the year that it finally took off, is uh, I had no idea how to approach a studio for a film, but I, you know, there was contacts and the guide from uh, TIFF. And so I reached out and I was actually able to secure um, a couple of like big titles for a, for a first year festival that only screened a total of 27 films. I was able to get uh, two documentaries actually, one called Balseros and one called The Story of the Weeping Camel, both of which went on to Oscar nominations that year for best documentary. And then as a closing night film, and I still laugh to this day, on, I don't know how I pulled it off. Uh, we actually were able to get the Lars von 
Oscar film Dogville, starring uh, Nicole Kidman and Patricia Clarkson uh, as the closing night film. Um, yeah, <laughs> again, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I managed to do it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had uh, it was a three-day festival. We had about 2,500 people show up that first year, um, and the rest of the year was spent trying to catch up financially because most first year events like that do fall behind initially, but everybody was patient with us and, uh, uh, and away it went. So going. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And how did you really get the word out? Because that was before social media was a thing. So you had to use like old school marketing. So is that, um, was that just like the newspapers and like other media people picking it up? Is that kind of how you got the initial audience there yeah um you know it's interesting the <laughs> the one thing we didn't have on like skill set that we didn't have initially eventually we did have a pr person join our board and donate his services but the first year we had this just sort of like fly blindly so we i basically taught myself to write a press release got a press release out um and there was already an existing festival in indianapolis i should say called the heartland film festival uh also still going um but back then, especially, their, their mission was films to uplift the human spirit, which is all well and good. Nothing against uplifting the human spirit. But, um, <laughs> you know, I liked movies like Pulp Fiction, like Old Boy, you know, which was ne- they were never going to fit into that mission. So we wanted to bring something new and different uh, to the city. And then the thing that worked out really well uh, in our favor is that there were uh, a lot of uh, back newspapers still had, you know, paid working critics. Uh, and they were all on board with the mission. So they started doing some early write-ups uh, for us, which then also led to TV being interested. Um, before it was said and done, out of the, the four major network affiliates, just for that first year, uh, I was able to get an interview on three of the four of them. Um, and so anyway, the, the old standard media actually worked out for us for those uh, first few years. I re- <laughs> to give you an idea of how long ago it was, uh, it was our third year when we signed up for a MySpace account. So, um, <laughs> quite <laughs> a long time ago. What it was like back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and besides the marketing and using MySpace, how have film festivals changed since 2004? So, like 15 years. Yeah. The, the biggest change, and it, it still blows my mind to a degree, um, is back then you actually seen most of your films on film. Um, so you would literally carry a, a canister uh, that would weigh between 50 and 70 pounds that was uh, filled with a 35 millimeter print of the movies that you were going to show. Um, today, now a feature film comes in on a hard drive that you could easily fit in your wallet. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's crazy to think. One year in Nashville, we had a film that came from the Kurdish region in northern Iraq. Uh, the cost to ship that movie back to the filmmaker, just one film was 1900 US dollars. Wow. Um, yeah. And now, you know, like with over 200 plus films here, um, the total amount of shipping is between five and $6,000 for 200 plus films. So, you know, I mean, that, that you don't even ship a lot of them anymore. They're just sent digitally um, and then they're downloaded and processed and ready to be screened. So that's been the most massive change that I've seen. The other one, though, uh, and I think it's more vital to the change, um, is because you were on, you know, had to shoot on film, um, the amount that it would cost to even make a, a short uh, was cost prohibitive for the vast majority of storytellers who wanted to get their uh, stories told via film. 
Now, with digital technology and watching it advance and develop over the years, there's a lot of people who were left out by the various gatekeepers who are now are telling their stories. We all know that you know women filmmakers are you know, we're not there yet, but we're getting toward um, equity with their voices being heard, and people of color are being able to tell their stories more readily as well. Um, you know, I recall one year. This is my, my favorite story was um, of well, one of my favorite stories of my 15 years. When I was in Indianapolis, my final year there, there was a short film by a young woman who was an Arab-American female filmmaker based out of Detroit. And um, her short was kind of like, it was in that last four or five with like a slot or two left to go. Um, and it ended up not making the cut. It was a little too long and it dragged a little bit in the middle. Um, and so I, I sent a sort of a special re rejection letter rather than the stand standard form that let her know, like, look, you know, we really considered this. If you'd like, you know, more detailed reasons why it didn't make the cut, please feel free to email me. And she did. Um, you know, and we talked about, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's great, it's unique, but it's really lagging in the second act. And I was like, so you either need to cut it down. It was about 27 minutes then. I was like, you either need to cut about 10 minutes out of this, which I know sounds terrifying. I was like, or, you know, what you've got here, actually, I think, is a feature film uh, that's, that needs more time than 27 minutes, I think would be the better approach. Um, cut to TIFF the following, or two years later, um, I'm looking in after they announced the world premieres, and in the Discovery series is uh, Detroit Unleaded, and she had actually turned it into a feature film and was able to world premiere it at TIFF, and then I got to program it at uh, Nashville Film Festival after I'd made the transition down there. So it was just really exciting. Um, cool. but back in the days when everything would have been on 35 millimeter, I don't know that she ever would have had the opportunity to tell her story. So, uh, it was right. just a really exciting time to see that change. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, and I need to ask this question just because I read a lot about like your positions and you've always really been an artistic director at the festivals that you've worked at. Um, so do you yeah. want to just explain what you do as an artistic director? Yeah. Yeah, from the very most basic uh, point um, is I oversee the programming process. So we've got Brenda, our lead programmer, and uh, Sachin and Guy and Alex and Brennan and Carrie Lynn, and, and they all have sections of films that they program. So they more most directly work with the filmmakers. Um, they go through the submissions along with our previewers, and I basically oversee the process to make sure that we have uh, a clear and coherent vision at the festival. Um, this will sometimes happen where, um, you know, you have two programmers and they may end up, you know, because they work independently, but they might both have a really unique film that they want to put in. But when we look at them side by side, it's my job to be like, you know, what? those are almost identical to one another. So we need as a team to decide which one we want. So we're not, you know, showing two or three films that are essentially telling the exact same story. Um, but even more than that, you look for an overarching um, vision for a given year. You don't get to set that, um, but it's about uh, watching what's happening organically. Uh, and the, the best example I can give is, is my final year in Nashville, the 2018 festival. Um, you know, as the, the, the entrants were coming in, were coming in, and as we started selecting ones, we noticed that that was the amount of time between the 2016 election and how long it takes to get a film made. 
So you started to seeing these urgent responses to the 20, I say urgent in two years, but I mean, but you got to see that filmmakers had their time to tell their stories and how they responded to the 2016 election and the cultural changes that came along with it. Um, and so, you know, as we're going through the films now and we're just starting to begin the selection process, um, that'll be the same thing. So we get to the interviews after um, it's all said and done, you know, we'll have a story to tell based on the works uh, that were selected by the programming team. Further, I curate uh, the, like, the panels and the talks, um, and then also work with the programming team and marketing to bring in special guests. Um, we're hoping to have a celebrity two or two at this year's festival. Uh, that's my responsibility. Um, and then I, I oversee a large team. I oversee the operations manager, uh, who she's the one that makes sure that everyone gets in their seats okay, and that the movie gets started okay. The tech manager makes sure that the movies look good and sound good. Um, you know, it's a really huge team effort, and I, my team is actually uh, between uh, marketing, development, artistic. Um, mine is actually the largest team because we're the one that actually crafts the product that um, everyone gets to come and be a part of uh, with each annual festival. Okay, cool. Uh, seems like you do quite a bit then, and I'm sure you don't do as much as you did when you did your first festival, but... Um... Sounds yeah, cool. I don't have I don't have to wear quite as many hats. Like I don't sell tickets now. <laughs> <Thank> right. <laughs> but um, yeah. But uh, you know, the funny thing is, like, you do get used to it. Like, um, to a certain degree, yeah, I do all of those things. And if it's needed, I also hang posters. Right. I mean, like, um, we are not for profit, so everybody just puts in all the effort that they can. So I'm not afraid of getting my hands dirty either. Right. Well, I think that makes like a great team anyway, in any type of industry or office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so before we get to Calgary, you were, was the position you held in Nashville, was that the longest position? That's kind of what it looked like when I was just reading. Yeah, I was it. five years in Indianapolis and then a decade in Nashville. Okay. Um, do you want to just talk about the biggest lessons you learned from your position in Nashville, um, either related to the business evolving or film festivals evolving? Yeah, it's, you know, Nashville was a very interesting city to have a decade in film. Um, because of the relationship to the music industry, I think I actually learned the more, uh, the inside baseball part of the film industry via relationships with people in the music industry, because that part of it is not dissimilar. Um, you know, when you have an entertainment lawyer on your board, which we did not have in Indianapolis, you know, you start learning how to make your requests better to celebrity guests or um, you know, potential visitors that you want to bring to the festival. Um, you also learn, yeah, I learned very much just exactly how interrelated film and music are. I mean, of course, everybody knows that somebody writes a score, somebody records a song every now and again, um, but really how closely integrated uh, those two industries are. Um, it, was, it was a great lesson. But what was really fascinating to me, and I think we're going to see the same thing happen here, is that during the course of that decade, Nashville went from being just Music City um, to slowly becoming music and TV and music, TV and film. Um, you know, with the, the rise of the show, Nashville, uh, the, the TV industry built up around that one show. Uh, and the result is that there was multiple productions happening uh, at the same time. And, you know, I've already seen a few things happening here that makes me think that the film and TV industry is going to continue to grow in this city much in the same way that it did in Nashville while I was there. And that's one of the lessons that I look forward to bringing 
uh, here is because I got to be, I know that Albert has had a long stay in the film industry, but it just seems to be like we're really on the verge of truly competing with like Vancouver and Toronto and some of the other parts of Canada that have, you know, super solid industries. And I think we're, we're on our way to that tier um, as I see the things happening around me and talk to some of the industry professionals in the area. Cool. Yeah, that's exciting to hear because I know Calgary, I mean, I, I've lived here my whole life, haven't always been involved in everything, but it seems like Calgary's now growing just a more diverse culture in things as we've moved yeah. away a little bit from oil and gas, So, which is nice to see. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, with, with respect to the folks that work in the energy industry, I feel like the overall Alberta economy has been economy has been so tied to it that it needs diversification. And I do think that the entertainment industry is a good way to diversify. Um, and just to follow up really quickly, because I, I always joke that, you know, like, as I mentioned earlier, my parents were not so sure about getting a film studies degree. Uh, but one thing that I think is interesting now is, um, you know, as all these various jobs and industries become more and more automated, um, I have yet to see a good movie or hear a good song crafted by AI or a robot. Um, so in a very weird way, jobs in the entertainment industry are becoming more and more stable because human beings will always require entertainment. Um, and, you know, if, if all of a sudden a robot can adjudicate a legal case, but again, I don't think a robot can necessarily, um, uh, you know, write a screenplay. Right. That's true, actually. I've never really thought about it like that. Um, and so now that we're on to Calgary, when and why and how did you decide to make the move to Calgary? So uh, interestingly enough, I got uh, the email asking if I was interested in the position on opening day of the 2018 Nashville Film Festival. Um, needless to say, I wrote back and said, can I... Uh, put this in my pocket for a little bit because I have a festival to run. <laughs> and they said, of course, yeah, yeah get back to us. Um, I, uh, I definitely made the decision that I wanted to at least see what would happen um, on that day because I, you know, there's always sort of been a little desire of mine to at least spend some time outside the U.S. Of course, aside from vacation, <laughs> pardon me. Um, but um, so that that was part of like the, the curiosity, and I mean. It, in Nashville, we know Calgary basically. Uh, we knew Calgary, uh, I'd say, uh, basically as that, that you know where the flames are from, um, because the Preds are huge in Nashville. And so I did my research on the city, and I saw that there's so much more than that. And um, you know, I read about the you know the, the the opera and the ballet and the glimpo and all the cool art things that were happening around the film festival. Um, so uh, yeah, then then like the pursuit became even more real in my mind. And so, you know, the resume was sent, I made it past the first cut, um, made it past the Skype interview session. And then eventually I was brought up here last July for my uh, in-person interview. And that was my, actually my first time in the city proper, like physically. And the time I got to spend here, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to know that I really, 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 really wanted the gig. Uh, I got along so well with members of the board and staff who were part of the interview process that it felt like this could be a new family. And then on top of that, my executive director in Nashville had resigned and my assistant was moving on to a new position. So that family was sort of having a natural um, move. And so I'm like, if, you know, if enough people are heading out, then maybe it's time to leave Nashville to the next generation and I can find a new challenge 
uh, in a new country. Um, and I am so grateful that I made the decision. Cool. That's awesome. So you haven't, this will be the first film festival in Calgary then, right? Cause it is yeah, for me. fall. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I officially started the position in October. So this will be the first one that I've overseen. Okay, cool. Um, and do you find like you haven't been here for a festival yet, but do you find so far that there is a difference in being the, in your position here than it was in Nashville? Um, if there is a big difference between here and Nashville, I have a lot more support staff here than I had in Nashville. One of the benefits too that of of the um, the potential of coming up here is I do know that uh, government support of the arts and arts organizations is much stronger up here uh, than it is in the states, um, and so I think that's a, a, a part of the reason that you know we are able to have a full development team where it was a very small team in Nashville, which means more sponsor money, which means more staff, uh, which means more efficient efficiency. So um, that's really the, the biggest um, biggest part of, of the change. Um, in, in a weird way, I know this will sound unusual that like you have to adjust to it because when you're so used to just doing everything, um, <laughs> delegating becomes one of the, the more difficult things to do. But I've got such a great staff here that oh, of course I trust them to do their, their, their jobs. And um, it's been a great uh, seven, I think it's seven months now, um, working with everyone. And I, I can't wait to see what we pull off this September. Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody that is involved in the festival and goes to it is excited to see what is coming. Um, from an outsider's perspective, since you've only been here for a short time, how would you describe Calgary's culture and film festival? Or in film um, industry? Yeah, well, like I said, I mentioned the industry that I think like it seems to be definitely on the right path. Um, and that's a path toward growth and that's exciting. Uh, the city itself, um, yeah, that's one of the things that when I, when I you know, have a chat back with my friends in the States and in Nashville especially is there's so much more happening here than word gets out about. Um, and you know, I'm really excited to be at least a small part of the team helping get that word out that you know, Calgary is uh, a really cool, vibrant city. Um, like, I think, honestly, a lot of my friends in the States were shocked to know how large it was. Um, you know, it's, it's the largest city that I've lived in in my life. Uh, you know, and Indianapolis and Nashville are not small cities, but they're not giant cities either. But, um, you know, Indy's about a million and Nashville's just shy of a million. Um, you know, and so, um, like I said, there's, there's a lot more Calgary than I thought there was. Um, and I, so far, now, especially now that winter's passed and I feel like I have more uh, freedom to explore, uh, we've been doing a lot more of exploring and finding the great neighborhoods and the great local restaurants like Bridgeland, Inglewood. Uh, Kensington, just having a great time exploring the city. I'm really, I'm, I'm impressed with everything I've seen so far. Oh, that's awesome. It's so good to hear because, but there is a lot that's happening that people don't know about. There's lots of like niche events that happen that you just have no idea that are happening um, yeah. until you get there. <laughs> and now you get yeah, to exactly. Stampede too for the first time because that's coming up. Oh yeah, so. no, that's, that's going to be a trip. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to prepare myself for it, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it for sure. Oh yeah, it's a it's a good time. Um, and what do you love most about being involved in the film industry, just in general? I think the number one is the relationships um, that I've developed over the years. Uh, it, it's one thing to watch, uh, you know, the Academy Awards. Um, it's another to actually know the people that are you know, like 
in the audience and going up on stage. Like uh, last year, the two of the nominees for best documentary, um, uh, Minding the Gap and Free Solo. Um, I, I met Bing last year, who was the director of Minding the Gap. But uh, my first year in Nashville, I'm sorry, my second year in Nashville, uh, Elizabeth Chai Virlahasi, who was a co-director of Free Solo, was one of my guests in Nashville, and we stayed in touch uh, for the entire time. So to watch her win an Oscar um, was, you know, like it's a more emotional experience I think than most people have because you eventually become friends with these filmmakers, and uh, to see them reach the pinnacle of success like that is fascinating. Like, but even like small things and people that I'm not going to say are friends, but in 2012. Um, Brie Larson came to the Nashville Film Festival with a short film that she had directed. Um, I have proudly quit smoking since then, but, uh, and I'm hoping she has too, but like, back then we actually like uh, stood around outside the theater and like uh, had a smoke together and just chatted, you know, like, so I, I go to see Captain Marvel. I just kind of like laugh. I'm like, I am so lucky. Like I'm watching Captain Marvel. I'm like, I hung out in a parking garage and had a cigarette with her. You know I mean? Like not very people in the world get to say that. So. Um, you know, like it's just, it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard work. It was hard work, but there's also, you know, a little bit of luck that gets involved um, along the way. And of course, like the help and support of a lot of individuals. Um, but yeah, anybody who's got dreams about being in the film industry, I, I, I encourage them to go for it in any way, shape or form, because there's a lot of different ways to do it. And usually uh, as long as you're doing it right, you'll make relationships that can help move you forward in your career. Right. When I think that's important for people to hear, too, that maybe who don't live in somewhere where you would expect to be involved in the film industry. So even like in Calgary, I'm sure there's I'm sure lots of parents have the same thought as your parents did for people that are taking film studies in university. But because we're growing and like the film festivals are growing and the culture is growing, that um, it doesn't matter what city you're in, that there's an opportunity for people to be involved. Absolutely. And if someone was interested in submitting a film to a festival, how does that work? Can anybody submit one or is there criteria? What do you look for? Yeah, anybody can submit their film. Um, and, uh, it will reopen again after our, this festival's over, probably in December. Um, and, you know, it's a, there's varying fees um, for, you know, it's obviously less expensive for a short film, especially if it's early, uh, a little more expensive for a feature film, and the prices will go up if the, the later you wait to submit. Um, so, you know, my response to anyone that asks about how to do it is number one, do your research, um, look at what our festival has played in the past, look at what other festivals have played in the past. Uh, I mentioned Heartland, um, earlier, you know, which is about films that uplift the human spirit. So if you did make like a dark horror movie, don't waste your submission fee when the festival's telling you up front, you're not going to make it. Um, we're pretty open to just about, uh, anything and base our selection on, uh, you know, first quality, um, next diversity, um, and, um, you know, and then there's a bunch of different tiebreakers along the way. But also, you know, like, ask the right questions, too, because if you're an Alberta filmmaker, um, you can reach out to us as a festival, and um, we actually waive the fee for you. So, like, Alberta-made films don't have to pay a submission fee. Uh, we've got that taken care of through other channels for them. Um, but as far as, like, what we look for, it, it's... Um, you know, either a unique story or telling a story we've heard, but in a unique way. Those are the two most important things. And then also making sure, um, get as 
you know, I, I know like if you're getting off the ground, your first film is not going to be easy to get the money, but at least get some professionals in um, to help you make it happen. Uh, one thing that I've seen destroy so many potentially good entries is poor sound design. Um, you know, if you're making a narrative film, not a documentary, but like a narrative film, and I can hear the wind blowing into the microphone, um, you know, and it's drowning out the voices of your actors, the odds of you making the festival are basically at that point slim to none. Um, so yeah, you know, do your research, uh, budget properly so that you can get the right professionals in and, um, and yeah, submit. Um, don't shy away, but also finally have a strategy. I, I, I've known too many filmmakers who submit to like 150 different festivals. Um, I think you need to be a little more selective than that. If your dream is something like Sundance, that's great. Start there. If Sundance doesn't happen, though, be prepared to go to a, a strong regional festival like Calgary um, or you know, like Nashville in the States. I mean, those are really where a lot of people's careers begin. Um, there was one article I read a few years ago um, where South by Southwest was bragging about the filmmakers they quote unquote discovered. Um, specifically, they were talking about uh, one of them being Joe Sundberg. But I had been programming and or seeing Joe's work at small regional festivals in the Midwest uh, back from my first days in Indianapolis. And I'm, how can you claim to discover somebody who when you programmed his sixth movie, you know, when us regional directors have been programming his work, you know, for the first five. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying, like, to filmmakers is, like, regional festivals like ours really are the first stepping stones. Right. Oh, and that's kind of like anything. If you want to make it to the big league, then you have to work your way up. And it's always good practice. And just to like see where you need to improve before you make it to like the big festivals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and do you want to just touch upon Calgary's festival? Uh, when is it and what can people look forward to besides your debut as artistic director? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot more than me, I believe me. Uh, yeah, uh, the opening day is uh, uh, September 18th, and we run through September 29th. Uh, you know, as the details get announced, they'll be released on our website, which is calgaryfilm.com. Um, there's one thing I so wish I could tell you, but I can't yet. Um, but already we've got some things lined up that people will be very, very, very excited about. Um, there's already some great titles beginning to line up. We haven't locked them down to the point where I can start announcing them yet. But um, there will be some big names involved. Hopefully many of them will be here in person, but if not, they've at least made the films um, that you'll be seeing. But also some great new up-and-comers, because that's what the festival's about as well. Um, we're going to have some really fascinating talks with industry professionals uh, from a variety of uh, the parts of the film industry. Um, there's going to be a job expo uh, this year held at the Central Library on the final day of the festival. So um, what we're looking at there is, you know, if you were um, an electrician or, uh, you know, someone working in the energy industry and, you know, unfortunately lost their job due to layoffs of some sort, um, there's a lot of skills that can transfer into the film industry. And as it grows, uh, that's what we want to let people know that there are opportunities and your skill sets might work uh, in our business. So that's part of it as well. Um, and there's just going to be a lot of visual excitement uh, around the city that we're working on through various partners um, and just through some ideas that my festival skate team and I are coming up with. So uh, it's going to be a very good year. Cool. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure people are looking forward to it. Do you, have you brought in like new ideas? Like, will it be, will people notice a big difference um, 
if they went last year to this year? I think so. Uh, I don't know how significant the change will be, but I think they will definitely notice um, a change. Um, part of it is with like when we're able to announce the, the thing I still want to tell you, um, I think they'll feel that change immediately. Um, but also I'm in charge of the visual presentation of the festival. And that's this is not criticizing anyone else on the staff because there really wasn't someone directly in charge of that last year. Um, and so, <laughs> excuse me, still getting over that head cold a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I think people will notice that the festival itself is going to be more visible. Uh, even if you're not, you know, at Eau Claire or at the Globe, you're going to know that a festival is happening in the city. And I think that's going to be the biggest change. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you mentioned, like Calgary sometimes just like hides their events and you don't really know unless you're involved. So um, I think that will be awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and I just have a few more questions, kind of more related specifically sure. to you. Um, you don't wear as many hats as you did before, but what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, for me, it's uh, getting up, taking the dog out and getting her fed. Um, <laughs> uh, if the weather's right, getting out for a, a run. Um, and then I get into the office. Usually it's about an hour of emails and, uh, and catching up making proposals or where they need to be, um, checking in with my staff, uh, checking up with my executive director and my fellow team leaders and um, working like each day. Uh, making sure that like one small piece of the puzzle keeps getting put in place. Um, you know, and as we get closer and closer and closer, it becomes more and more frantic. Like right now we still get away with a nine to five type day. Um, when we turn the corner into July, especially mid July on, um, <clears throat> I'll be lucky that I get everything done in a 12 hour day. Um, and probably put in a lot of weekends as well. So, um, um, but that's the nice part about what we do. It's, I always do, but it's similar to being an accountant. You have one season a year where your work's really, really, really heavy. But then after you get past that part, you get to slow down a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, it, it, there's a part of me always, like when we get to this time of year, like I really enjoy the work, but I also kind of wish I could just be conked on the head and wake up and getting ready to start um, because I get really excited about it. Um, um, but part of the excitement too, like I said, is watching the, the, the pieces fall into place. Like I just came back from the Sydney Film Festival uh, to do some observe, um, observation down there and make some connections. And two of my three favorite movies um, that I saw there have now been confirmed for ours in the fall, so or in September. So that's you know uh, an exciting part. So it's really exciting. It's about um, it's you know it's meetings and chats and and occasionally watching some films. I most of the, the programmers do most of that, but I do some of that too. And um, building the puzzle until we're ready to present it in September. Cool. No, that sounds awesome. And I'm sure, like you said, like any job, there are busier times, but if you love what you do, then hopefully it's not too bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, the 12 to 16 hour days, as long as I'm doing this, I don't mind them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's your favorite way to disconnect and recharge either after the festival or some of your other slower weekends? Yeah, on, on the buildup, I honestly, like a, a pair of headphones, a good playlist and a nice run around the river has been my favorite thing to do here so far. Um, like I've got friends who like to run as well and they're like, join me. And I'm like, no. For me, what makes the, the run worth it is that ability to just disconnect um, and you know, have that time for just myself. Um, 
and the, the travel is the other one. Like, you know, I mentioned that I was at Sydney for uh, their film festival, but one week of that was just uh, uh, for me and my partner um, to actually have um, some time. Like, so we went to, you know, Manly Beach, turned the phones off and just laid around and woke up some sun. Because even though it was winter down there, that winter is nothing like this, obviously, uh, or like hours up here. Uh, but yeah, like travel um, and, and a good run every now and again. Cool. Well, especially now that it's nice out too, you can run outside, which is even better than running in minus. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, the treadmill downstairs will suffice when necessary, but it's much better <laughs> outdoors. Yes. Um, and is there a podcast or book that you would recommend to listeners? Uh, there's a, one book that I always recommend um, that I, I have to put out there, and it's not really about the film industry, but um, what's fascinating to me is like I visualize the movie based on the book, but it's my favorite author, an American author named Michael Shaben. Uh, and the book is The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. And actually movies in mythology do play a part in the development of the story, but it's absolutely a fantastic, uh, fantastic book. And I'm kind of glad it hasn't been made into a movie because I think it would probably disappoint me based on the one that I saw in my head at the time. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Um, and where yeah. can people, connect with you online. Where can they find more information about the Calgary Film Festival? I'm terrible at Twitter. So even though I have an account, I don't know if it's worth <laughs> giving out because I just, I just, I'm old on Facebook, right? Um, but you, you can find me on Facebook too. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely come to our website uh, or friend the, the festival on Facebook. Uh, and that's a great way to get the information. Um, you, know, you can also follow the film festival on Twitter. There, our Twitter, our social media people are much better than I am. Um, but yeah, the, we've actually found in our research that the website has been like people's top way of getting uh, connected to us. So definitely calgaryfilm.com. Um, and, you know, I will occasionally have a blog entry there too. So that's another way to, uh, to see what I'm thinking and doing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the online presence. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. That was super interesting. I haven't had anybody on here yet that is a part of the film industry so that was very interesting great i really enjoyed it rachel thank you